Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. I'm Brian Novak. I'm Community Bat. I'm Mike Rossi. I am the Pathfinder, formerly known as Golden the Gamer. And I'm Ralph Enough. Hard to follow that. It's funny, Brian. You had that Captain Kirk delivery <laughs> a little bit. You know, the running joke is Alex Goose. He adds a lot of room in between his words. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, we're back again, continuing this community building series. I'm sure people know that we started with uh, an episode with Trent, myself, and Mike, and we chatted all about player engagement. Then we did an episode about building a local community. Then we tapped into some really great guys, Paul Forbes and Mike Atkins, to talk about what do you do online? What are those social media tools? Now it's time to start looking at some of the specific stakeholders other than just the players. First up, you know, we're going to talk about Pathfinders. What you're going to hear tonight is we've got some U.S. perspective and we'll have a separate episode that'll cover the U.K. perspective. The same topics, but obviously the way things are approached in, in, in the U.K. versus the U.S., given the geography and the way products are distributed, I think there'll be some differences in that. And the meta in general uh, is, is pretty different, too, I would say. But we'll get into that, I imagine. Absolutely. But before we get to the main topic, any announcements? Mike, you got any big thing? Like, I know you had a great a great event. Saw the pictures. I was super jealous. Yeah. Uh, just just wrapped up the uh, second inaugural. Second inaugural? Second annual? That's much better. The second annual Dead of Winter GT uh, here in Albany, New York. And it was, it was fantastic. Uh, we had 32 players. I had uh, nine people on the wait list. So next year, we're going to try to shoot for 40. And not only did the tournament go off and everybody had a good time, but we raised uh, $2,000 for uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. It was just, I am amazed at the generosity of the community. It, it just comes through every single time. It's amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah, it rules. You're going to be up in it to 40 players next year. Same venue? Yep, same venue. Yep, the local game store has a a, uh, a uh, board game cafe space that we should be able to get the entire the entire space. This year, you only had part of it. That's where I was going. Where, how, if you'd stay in the same venue, how are you adding? But they're going to allocate more space because it was such an awesome event for them. Absolutely. Actually, I mean, we got done, and, and there were two overriding comments from the, from the guys who run it. First is they're highly impressed with the fact that I was able to run a two-day tournament no one left after they lost the first round, right? Everybody was a gentleman. Everybody, we had two people who had only played a couple games who came to play. And the store owner was was just, he remarked on the fact that everybody who played these guys was like, now nah, don't move there. Go over here like this. You can go like this. What, what I would do is move like this to beat me. Like just very gentlemanly. He's like, we run 40K in here and it's like knife fights. And so they were just super happy with the crowd the second thing is they were like, we want you to come in. We want you, we want you here on a monthly basis. Maybe not for two day events, but we want you in here on a monthly basis. You're good for the, you're good for the space, right? That, that is, that's a testament to the game and the people who play it. You know what I mean? What would you attribute that to? Is it because of the, the maturity of the player that's playing Kings of War or is it just the, the, the rule set itself? I think it's a little column A, a little column B, to be fair. The average age of us Kings of War players is going up all the time. So I think that it's a lot different than, you know, pew, pew. But also the the rule set is pretty clean. I think I had two or three rules questions only because people were 
using 3.0 versus 3.5 rules, right? And I was like, just pulled out the man, man and companion. 100% on board. You know, the Maison list drops. Ooh, there <laughs> it is. I don't have to go go to the store and buy a book. It's right there. The other thing I think that matters too is we don't get, we don't have like large prizes. We have trophies that, you know, little 3D printed, you know, they're cool, but no one's walking out of here in, in the last round and going, well, I got $500 worth of minis on the line. Right, all of our prizes went out as part as part of our uh, charity raffle, which is how we were able to raise so much money. Right, and so when you don't have that, you don't have that drive or that need to like compete like that. Then it's easier to be friends and just hang out, and you know, if things go sideways, who cares? You know. No, that's wonderful. I'm I'm pretty proud about it to be honest. But that's that's mostly what I've been doing, getting ready for the pilgrimage down in Pennsylvania, down in Philadelphia. So me and me and uh, seven or eight guys from the hoard are heading down to that. I have some family down there. I was originally born in Philly, so I get to hang out with my aunt and uncle and drink some wine and eat some pasta. It's going to be good. <laughs> Brian, what's been going on in Michigan? I know you've been doing a lot of prep for Adepticon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be running a lot of the, the sci-fi and Armada uh, uh, events at Adepticon. And so, uh, you know, with that, you know, our, our Armada doubled in size from last 26 year. 26 players. Yeah, 26 players, and I think we still have a waiting list. 25 good players and me. (laughs) That works. You can be my ringer. If ringer means at the bottom of the ocean, (laughs) because my boats are going down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's usually a spot I I usually pick up. But, but, you know, at the beginning of December, I had a a little dead zone tournament, uh, a little event for for some of my local guys. Uh, I had a great time doing that. and, and kind of with that, we were talking with them and about, you know, we want to get some firefight in before Adepticon. And so we've actually got uh, the February the 25th, uh, we're actually doing a little, what I call the Adeptolite firefight. Uh, so it's it's basically a, a small firefight tournament for, for some of our local players uh, to, to kind of, you know, get a little tournament practice in on the game. Uh, leading up to Adepticon, Adepticon, the the scenarios and everything were posted first, and so then I could post these second to say, hey, they're kind of the same scenarios, uh, so you know they can get some practice. No favoritism. Uh, we were just making sure that Michigan brings home the title. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's been it's been kind of crazy every every time um, you know we we do these these tournaments and they continue to grow and expand. Uh, I just have to go into terrain prep mode. Um, I've got a whole be- bunch of um, of tables put together for dead zone, uh, getting it for firefight. Uh, like I said, we had to com- basically do the same amount of uh, armada as we did last year. Uh, so getting all that printed and prepped, yeah, it's been fun. And and two, like uh, one thing I was working on is uh, getting some some you know, kind of extra sponsor prize support for Adepticon, uh, for specifically like for Dead Zone and, and probably Firefights uh, in the form of, you know, I've got over the years accumulated different types of terrain uh, from other other uh, folks, but that are geared towards Dead Zone. Uh, one is Uncertain Scenery, uh, makes, makes these awesome, you know, two foot square boards. I won one of them, right? And the most badass table for Dead Zone. It's like this underground tunnel, and then I've got buildings on. Ah, it's you basically have a two two level stack 
uh, just with these sets, and you get you get four of if you get four of them, you have a whole dead zone table, and it's got the squares and everything, and uh, yeah, it's squared up and everything. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can talk about that till the the cows come home. That's a great company, and I love their products. Yeah, yeah, and then also uh, Corvus Games Terrain, uh, who did the Isolation Protocols and Tycho Starport, uh, the, the SDL file, so three printed. A really fun guy. Uh, Steve running that show and, uh, and Craig from uncertain scenery, but, uh, I've been printing off that and, and I gotta say it's, it's great, sturdy, you know, terrain, which means I can, I can take it to places. I can demo with it and I won't have to worry about it falling apart. You could throw it in a tub and it's not, it ain't breaking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the big thing I've, I've been trying to also get around to, uh, uh, you know, just upping my painting game a little bit. Uh, I am going to probably start trying out that is it slap chop, slap chop style. Funny you say slap chop because I'm the old man on the show. I, I don't care what it's called. But but I get what you're saying. It, it is a cheaper, a quicker version of Xenophil highlighting. I get it. And, and I, I had tried the Xenophil uh, uh, route before. I think, I think the thing for me is I'm never good about thinning my paints. And so I was just painting over it. <laughs> anyway yeah if you're not if you're if it's not thin it's not it's gonna cover up the zenithal right yeah yeah so it's, it's just that kind of funny thing where like i'm having to do all this like uh, terrain prep and whatnot but i have like you know i've got a firefight you know a forge father tank that i've got prepped and, and primed and everything i'm ready to paint that and and some other stuff for for building out my firefight list for for enforcers and forge fathers and everything like that. So I've got all these hobby projects and I want to uh, spend time on them, but I have these other things uh, ahead of it. And then of course I'm doing that, um, the fan fiction writing contest that we do quarterly. And somehow I'm going to try to fit in writing a, a short story before Adepticon. So. Wow. Cool. Busy, busy. Mike, have you been doing any hobby? Uh, the only hobby I've been doing is, uh, is running that event to be honest. Mm. So, you know, I, we're doing a uh, we're doing a demo day tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow's no uh, Saturday. So I'm I'm pulling armies out and, and creating stuff for that. Um, like spruce up a couple minis for that, just to make sure they're based correctly, right? And then we have another major demo day coming up the end of March uh, over at the over at the game store. Just That's trying awesome. to get people interested, you know. What five weeks until Adepticon? So <laughs> presents on paint. That's all I'm doing. Oh man, all models painted except for a phoenix. But my original idea was I'm going to use these STL files and I'm going to take these buildings and I'm going to chop it up. And, and I'm like trying different software to do that. Finally figured the damn thing out. And, and I had to pay for a, a subscription to do like, it's like four bucks a month. So I had to pay for it. But once you get that taste, oh, I could take this uh, roof here and I could cut it like this. You go mad with power. <laughs> Before we get into the main topic about Pathfinders, I want to get your context. I know you're not a Pathfinder. Give me a sense of, your familiarity, your experience, your interaction with the Pathfinder program. Sure. So, uh, interesting story. Uh, I I post up on the on 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 the Facebooks. Hey, I'm going to run the Dead of Winter uh, event, and next thing you know, I get an email out of the blue from this guy who's like you know his his email address is like Dragon Mage Force whatever. He says, <laughs> Hey, I'm interested in the Dead of Winter event. I'm the local Pathfinder, and I want to know what I can do to support you. Like out of the blue, and I was like. You do? Why, wow, that's awesome, right? So I, we started emailing back and forth, and uh, I said, anything you can do to support, this is what we do. We do this thing for charity. It usually runs anywhere from 20 to 30 people. And um, 
And so it was great because he reached out to me proactively and I had no idea that this bro existed. I had, I had no idea who my local pathfinder was. I had no idea that I, I haven't seen a pathfinder, right? That being said, a year ago, um, a year and a piece ago, uh, we had run, the Chambling Horde had gone up to a major uh, game convention, all game convention up in Vermont called uh, Carnage Con. It's the best con. You should go to it. Uh, but while we were there, we ran a giant Kings of War demo uh, and we had a bunch of Warhammer refugees and some other people at the table and we, and you know, they left and said, wow, this game is totally awesome. I said, you're right. It totally is. This year we went to Carnage and one of the guys who was in our demo was now the local Pathfinder up in Vermont. So he was there doing um, Dead Zone. And I remember being like, that is awesome, right? Making changes in the community. So anyway, to, to, to jump back, uh, Fr- Freddie was great. He showed up to both days of the event. He, um, he, w- he was there. He actually came with some extra prizes. He came and uh, you know spoke to people. I was there. He ran a demo for Armada out in the out in the the other room. It was it was really good. He was he was good to have there, and it was it was a, definitely an asset. I'm going to keep working with him now. He's interested in running some major events out in like uh, the middle of New York. So I'm putting him in, tr- in in touch with Corey Reynolds and and his team out in Western New York to see what can be done. But yeah, he's he's a good dude. I was very happy to have his support. And like I said, he came out of nowhere. I had no idea this dude existed. Right. But once he showed himself, we we're like, yeah, let's get in. And it's it's funny is when he showed up, he was like, I don't know what's going on out there. And I don't know what is this the biggest event out there? I was like, no, 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 no. Have you not heard of Crossroads? Like, have you not heard of like these other events that we have going on? He wasn't tied in to the Facebook hmm. Kings of War community. And I don't know if his if his Google food was weak or what. But we ended up having a – after I realized he was our local guy, we ended up setting up a Zoom call between him and all the other major TOs in the Northeast. Oh, nice. And just said, hey, man, if you want to get in, this is these are the people you want to talk to, right? We're out there running events for 50, 60 people. Crossroads is the biggest event in the United States, right, or at least at one point was. And, like, you need to know who these people are if you want to come out and do outreach because we're part of – it's almost like we're part of his team, mm-hmm. right? He's part of our team, but we're part of his team. For, for Kings of War anyway, you know? And I thought it was I thought it was important for him to get to know us and to know the faces and know, you know, who was out there. And it, it, it was funny to me that he didn't have that context coming into the program. But I don't know if that's one of the things that, like, if you don't know, you don't know, right? Like... Yeah, yeah. But Brian, I don't know what your, what your, um, what your experience with that type of thing is, right? I mean, it sounds like you're already embedded in the community and you just happen to be a Pathfinder, right? As opposed to the other way around. Uh, Rick Hall, I, I mentioned before, is kind of one of the other main Pathfinders in the, the Michigan area. And I was at his first Dead Zone demo um, and, and uh, you know, pretty much became fast friends like from that, you know, jump street there. And, uh, and eventually, you know, after a year or two where he was kind of the sole Pathfinder, uh, I I decided to, to start doing it as well, and and uh, and then I moved a little bit further away so we could you know kind of grow respective communities uh, separately. But but yeah, like like you're kind of saying, the connectivity uh, is always uh, kind of a, a uh, it's it's one of those things where like the people are out there. You just have to. It's it's how can you how can you reach them? How can you reach these kids? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, so like Facebook has been a great uh, avenue for that. Uh, I, I've got my famous story of, of the Michigan GT where 
uh, I found out that I had a neighbor was one of my opponents uh, in this new town that I just moved to. So, so we, we now game uh, uh, at a decent uh, pace and, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, really kind of uh, even just kind of periodically, I think, uh, you know, going on to uh, face, Facebook seems to be the biggest kind of social media space, but I know some of these guys have, have found success like on Reddit uh, to, uh, to go on there and say, Hey, I'm in this area. Uh, you know, is there anybody else out there? Right. Um, and that's right. where you can go. Yes, I am. And, and you're in luck because you're surrounded. <laughs> so Golden, can you give us a sense of, you know, what is your context to the Pathfinder program and your familiarity and kind of give us, you know, how long have you been a Pathfinder? Yeesh, I've been a Pathfinder, I guess, for six years now, probably even longer, all the way back to first edition Dreadball. Oh, okay. That, that's kind of was the hook that got me into it. Just like with any Mantic game, it you can't stop with one. It becomes a, an addictive habit that's not illegal yet. Being a Pathfinder, though, I think it's probably... I have to say people who look at it from the outside think it's some kind of stressful thing where there's... Like you have to get so many demos in, you have to get so many people recruited and stuff like that. When it's almost actually the opposite, it's probably the chillest thing I've ever been a part of because the most important thing about being a pathfinder is being yourself. I was a missionary for my church for two years. So going out and talking to people about something and trying to connect them with something, that's what I did. And the number one thing we were taught is you're just the telephone man. You're supposed to connect one person with another person and let them figure it out. Right. And that's what it's like. In a weird way, it's the same type of work, right? <laughs> well, it literally is because you're taking a game that you're invested in or games and you're meeting people and saying, hey, I have something that brings me joy. I have fun with this. It's a game. This isn't a job. This isn't something that's prestige or anything like that. It's something that makes me happy. And I want you to be happy. Here, play this game. It's it's literally that simple. Now, how you do that is up to you. And that's where becoming a Pathfinder is, is an individual thing. And it's so configurable, too. I, I live in kind of a smaller community, but yet we have two Pathfinders. There's me and there's Ben Stoddard. Ben Stoddard. He's great with all the fantasy stuff. I'll dabble in it, but it's just not my thing. I love the sci-fi stuff, but he like will play, you know, Dead Zone here and there. So we really work with each other. We know each other's systems to help each other out. But guess what? It's not like Mantic says there can only be X number of Pathfinders within 50 um 50 miles of each other. Not like a McDonald's franchise. Exactly. Or a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, or a restraining order. So, so we, we, we actually help each other out. It's not like if I'm doing a demo and he helps out, we have to split the mantic points or whatever. It, it doesn't work that way. It's all about participation. And it's so much fun to do it that you actually try to get more people to be pathfinders. You try to get more people to be uh, helping out and expanding that circle. And and that's what's so great about it. Awesome. I think that does a great job of setting the stage, you know, from where Mike, Brian, and Golden are coming from. Obviously, for me, I'm a Pathfinder as well, but I, I'm, I came to it much later than you guys. Long time anti-player. I mean, I've been playing 
I was thinking about this, been playing Kings of War for 13 years at this point. And I think our, I mean, I was at the first few events of Adepticon, right? So not the very first time where they only had four players and one of them was a ringer and they played for a thousand dollars. No, not that one. Cause I wasn't smart enough then, <laughs> but oh, wow. I was at the next one. So yeah, the good old days, oh, the good old days. <laughs> Let's bring in our illustrious leader here, Pat. Now, obviously Pat, we had you on recently. You kind of gave us the full story of the history of your involvement, but for those who don't know, Pat runs the, the is Pat, is it the North American Pathfinder program? Yeah, the North American. So, or, or the Americas, as I like to call it now. Give us some sense of how long you've been doing this. I started when Ronnie first came to Adepticon that year, when we talked about it, when the zombies were the big hit at Adepticon. So it's about 12 years ago. And then that, me and Ronnie hooked it up and we talked about the next step for him to, to start moving this product would probably be get some a demo team together. And that's when I became what I like to call the first Pathfinder. And then after a while, we went through a couple changes. Then Ronnie decided, because uh, who's the guy from Needy Cat? Uh, James Hewitt? Yeah, James Hewitt. Then James Hewitt came in and, and was kind of head of that program that I outlined for Ronnie. Uh, and then he quit. And then Ronnie decided to split this side of the pond versus that side of the pond. He put me in charge of uh, the Americas on that side, and I've uh, been running the Pathfinder program since. I've been getting getting my getting my crews together. Uh, some of you guys have been around for a long time. Jared was one of the first guys I interviewed. Really, I didn't know that. <laughs> I feel specialer. <laughs> and then I've since grown a, a very very good core set of guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm somewhat lacking in the West Coast. So if anyone's listening that's on the West Coast, reach out. <laughs> I could use some guys in the West Coast. Sounds like something Jeremy should should shine up for, right? I mean, Kyle Timberlake. I mean, he, he likes it when I call yeah. him out, so <laughs> I'll just do it now, right? Uh, but that's that's it in a nutshell. Uh, you know, we got a real core group on the east and central, uh, pretty much covering most of the Eastern Seaboard. We lost a really good one just a while ago, as you we all know, uh, from West Virginia. Yeah, Jesse. Jesse was also one of the first guys that joined up fairly fairly early in the program, maybe maybe a year or two after I started it. I think that's a great place to start, right? We, we've got we've kind of set the stage. What's your definition? I mean, we'll start with Pat. What's your definition of a Pathfinder? My definition of Pathfinder is a representative of Mantic who is out there to, for lack of a better word, champion all all aspects of Mantic, not just the game, but the miniatures. Uh, he's there to show the the value of the miniatures plus the fun of the games, and to make sure. Uh, that people, if anyone has a negative light, is to maybe show them that it's not that way. It's not that way for Mantic. This is what we do. This is what we have. This is what we go. You know, and then in that sense, when you convince or not convince someone, but when you can show people or take away their negativity, then it starts to show us in a positive light. And then maybe we can uh, bring them into our community at that point. Also, that's the number one duty of the Pathfinder. The second part of the duty is to uh, is to grow a community in their area. And once you get a community, then you have a core group of people, and then people see that core group and then want to be a part of it in, in a sense. So it's a it's a two a two two pronged attack with my Pathfinders in that sense. Anybody else have anything they want to add to that? You know, what is a Pathfinder? Yeah, I, I think your Pat Pat did it really really well. I'd say number three is you listen to Pat. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> listen to Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think 
I think even too, to piggyback off of, you know, part two there, you know, once you kind of get that little community, uh, I, I won't say that, uh, you know, you, you can just kind of kick back and relax, but the job gets a lot easier when it's just, you know, you become regulars at a store or, or people are just, just start seeing you out in, in the space, seeing your, your group having fun, playing these games, having that very positive community experience. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's so rewarding itself uh, to, to just kind of be able to have that community uh, kind of grow around you. So, Why should people want to be a Pathfinder? You hit on some of that, Brian. Gold, do you want to tackle that question? I think being a Pathfinder is a – oh, geez. <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good reasons to be a Pathfinder. I mean, it, it's not a simple question because everybody will have maybe a different reason to do it. But the, the main one is to get more people to play with. I, if, if you can build a community, uh, and I would say the next level is a self-sustaining community, then you can, like, like uh, you were saying, kick back somewhat. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to have your hands on the rain all the time. And then you can actually really enjoy the community. And I think that's the right word. I think that's what I was trying to get at is you're building a community. You're not just getting a bunch of people to play the game. You're getting tight knit group of people that help each other out because that's the greatest thing I, I love hands down about Mantic games. Models are great. Rules are great. Everything's great. But the positivity in the community is, is second to none. I mean, I, I the shop I'm in, there's magic players, there's 40 K players and man, there are arguments. Let me tell you, there, there are arguments. But with Mantic Games, you, you kind of don't get that. It, it's, it's good for the soul. So, so I like that, that when I talk to somebody, we may have nothing in common other than just the games. But when we talk about the games, we get excited about the games. We, we, we have fun with that, and we can share that fun without worrying about whether somebody's OP or somebody's going to bring a broken army or somebody's going to play a card that makes me ta- uh, scoop my whole deck. There's nothing like that. I'd say that's probably the best thing about being a Pathfinder is you get to find like-minded people when you're a Pathfinder. Because when you're a Pathfinder and you're putting out that type of energy, people with that type of energy are drawn to you. People who are looking for games that have fun, not just to feel dominant or to try to prove themselves, they show up and they want to have fun and you have fun with them. And like you said, everybody else is going to see that you're having fun. They're going to want to know why you're having fun and they're not. I'm disappointed nobody brought up the fact that you get the cool shirt, <laughs> right? Like, and that's why I'm a Pathfinder. <laughs> I mean, I want the cool shirt. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right? I thought that was just a, a foregone conclusion. It's obvious. <laughs> it's true. It's obvious. You're sure. And, and, and you know, the, the hotel room when you're, you're <laughs> at the at Adepticon, you know, and, and spending every every waking moment on the on the floor in some way. Wait, you got a hotel room? I'm still in the, the trunk of Pat's car. <laughs> you must not be helping enough. You got you got to you got to become the, the, the person next to the Pharaoh. Oh, great Pharaoh. <laughs> Mike, I mean, we just talked a little bit about like, what is a Pathfinder? What are the motivations of becoming a Pathfinder? You heard all that. You're not a Pathfinder, but you know, what does that make you feel? If I had known I could have gotten Mantic points for doing all these demos, I would have, I would have <laughs> signed up sooner, right? Like, 
you know, me and my club are busy doing demos at events and all kinds of stuff just because we love the game. But it's it's good to know that like there's a reward program, etc. I'm very interested, to be honest, about the way that the I mean, it, I told a story before a couple of you guys got on um, about, you know, our local Pathfinder reached out to me about an event that I was running and I had no idea this guy existed. Right. And I'm super glad that he did reach out to me because he saw a Facebook post I had done about an event. And next thing you know, now we're working together. Right. But I, I was able to like kind of integrate him into the community that we have out here. What sort of steps or what kind of advice would you give to Pathfinders who are who are out there, let's say? And how do you get them involved in like or how do you let them see like this this brand new, this broad new world? The 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 feeling I got from talking to my local, my my friendly local was that he was uh you know, store centric. He works in this store. He works in that store. He work. You know, he he talks to the store owners. But there's like this other like, I don't know. At least for Kings of War, there's the new the 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 Master Circuit. There's all kinds of like events going on all over the place. There's there's this all this ecosystem out there. How would you suggest that these guys who get into pathfinding? How would you suggest that they reach out and get? You know, what is their relationship to the wider to the wider community? I guess I can answer that a little bit. So, um, like the thing with the the kings of war community is uh we have guys who are coming in brand new to kings of war or who have found kings of war but never played warhammer fantasy uh unfortunately yeah those guys don't know about the master circuit or anything because we inherited in a sense the warhammer crowd which was already our established community right and so what i've been telling people is find uh when i talk to guys they well you know what in my interviews with the Kings of War, I let them know that there's a, a, a robust Kings of War community normally around the areas where that, and they can check with their, maybe with their store owners, whoever, uh, because I don't know all the, the community areas there. You know, I met Rob through uh, events and stuff. Uh, Kara and Mike was a Pathfinder. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Kastner reached out to me. Uh, and usually, uh, anyone, if they're also looking for help, like, so like the guy who, who's your pathfinder out there, by the way, uh, Freddie Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. He's just, he's fairly brand new. I just, I just, I just brought him in about maybe six months ago. Yeah. He's great to ask around uh, if there's a master's group or an old Warhammer group around nearby and to, to reach out to them and to talk because maybe they might be playing Kings of War. Maybe they're playing ninth. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but the only thing they can do is reach out and find. Uh, that's the that's the one crossover that's hard to to do. Other than me just letting them know, I also let them know that there is a very robust Facebook community group for Kings War. Just I said, search your area, Kings War, name your area, or look up the fanatics page. And, and uh, most, like I said, most of the guys that are coming in, rarely do I get a Pathfinder who was a old fantasy player. Most of the guys that I'm getting are, are brand new Kings of War players or have seen fantasy, but that had negative uh, experiences with yeah. fantasy. So they stopped and then, then they found Kings of War and were sure. like, oh, this is, I like this. Vastly superior. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I like this and, you know, and I hate to say it, but sometimes they say that the players, the people that are playing Kings of War are, are nicer. Yeah. I've been saying it for years, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to, I don't like to speak ill or talk negative, but because, but you know, but that's that's what people tell me. And but I will say, for the most part, most of the people I met that that came from fantasy that we inherited 
in the dark times, we'll call it. The Sundering. Yeah, the Sundering have been, have been very nice, you know, and I enjoy those guys. This is a shout out to any Pathfinders. Go on the Pathfinder page, post, I am interested in Kings of War. I will get you in contact with the regional rep. And we will do a Zoom call if we need and get you hooked up. There are eight regions in this, in this country. Yeah. So, and, and Mike, obviously our esteemed guest is the rep for the Northeast, but we've got seven other great people. There is something to be said for like, you know, you get, you get the person who posts up and like, Hey, I just moved to, you know, Oneonta. What's going on out here? And or I'm in New York. And then Rob will immediately respond with like Mike Rossi, <laughs> right? I'm like, okay, I, I should probably respond to that. Right? Right? <laughs> now, one of the other things that, that you had mentioned, uh, Golden, is that when you, you know, you're involved in the Pathfinder program, but you're involved more on the sci-fi end of things as opposed to Ben, who's taking care of the fantasy side. Um, so when, when you're, you know, Pathfinders come and they are repping all the, all the games, right? So in that instance, um, what sort of, what sort of advice would you give to other Pathfinders or other, you know, your local dead zone community, your local Armada community for getting in touch with Pathfinders and Pathfinders getting in touch with those other, those other game communities, right. That may not have like the nice thing about Kings of war it, from, from an organizational standpoint is that we do have this national, you know, master scene that where at the very least you can be like, what's going on here. Well, this is your rep for this area. He'll get you in touch with your people. I don't know if there's anything like that for dead zone Armada or the other, the other Mantic games. How do you get, how do you get those people involved? How do you get those people like, in with your in with your pathfinders. No, that's an excellent question. In fact, I was thinking about that as you guys were bragging about all your reps for Kings of War and Kings of War this and Kings of War that. No, um, <laughs> it, it is a bit more of a uphill battle in that sense. Uh, but you do have tools in your in your bag, though. Um, the number one tool I would say are your your uh, club. Uh, presidents and your store owners. They are the ones who know what the people who come into their shop like to play. So when you are expanding and getting, and this is a side bar here, getting out of your own shop is probably the hardest thing to do as a pathfinder, because you know, the people in your own shop, they're your friends, you know, who you can approach easily, you know, you, you know, them, they're, that they're your friends or at least close acquaintances, but going into a shop that you don't know anybody, you don't know the owner, you don't know anything that can be pretty daunting. But when you talk to them and you start getting uh, building up rapport, you can start asking what kind of games do they play here? What type of um, scenarios do they like? Uh, I was down in Vegas a few months ago and I had a demo drop out on me last minute, so I had to find another shop. So I literally had to cold call all these shops to find out who could <laughs> take me in and be was happy to demo. And I ended up at a shop, and I demoed uh, Armada and Dead Zone. There's enough space to do both. But then I got there, and they were happy to have me. I did demos. People played them a bit. But they mainly did board games. And up on their shelves they had Hellboy and I'm just like, ugh! if only <laughs> I had known, right. Ask the right questions. And then here, that's the thing we talked about, mentioned this earlier. Sometimes we don't know what the right question is to ask because we've never done this before. So the right question to ask is what type of games do your clients play? 
that's your first foot in the door. Then you know what to talk about. You don't have to talk about all these other things. You know what to center on for that store. And then you can take the next step. Well, are they more fantasy or are they more sci-fi? Do they like games that are one shots? Do they like games with like reoccurring storylines? And you can build off of that. So yeah, having a community like the Kings of War regional uh, reps and stuff like that is great. But you're, you're, you're not left without anything that you can do. You can talk to store owners. You can build up that rapport. And through that, you, you can fine-tune what you get in there. And then I found out from this store in Vegas, it, it seemed like such a fiasco, but it actually was such a great um, experience because that store owner was so impressed by how positive – you know, I presented things how, you know, I was showing Mantic stuff that they said, well, we're glad you did this, but there's another store who deals directly in this. Here's their names. Here's the owner's names. Here's my name. And you can tell them that I sent you so you can get past the guy at the front desk. <laughs> That's where it connects. Pretty awesome. It is exactly right. So right. I, I'm I'm planning these trips back to Vegas, trying to do these things, trying to get into these other shops, and that's how you do it. You you get with the owners, you you give them what they want, you help them sell, make their store more valuable, and they will help you become a better pathfinder. That's awesome. Sorry, I'm so long winded. <laughs> you're in good company i was going to chime in uh to to kind of uh bounce off of some things that were said earlier like uh you know just chiming in on we have a, a facebook group that is kind of the the mantic pathfinders uh collection and just you know saying uh you know hey i'm i'm new here is a is a great way to you know this is my area it's a great way to find out if there are other folks in there uh in your area already established I know I keep, I always, uh, uh, you know, anytime someone says they're uh, in Texas, I always poke Shane uh, and, and realize that he's on the opposite end of the state. But, like, uh, you know, it, it's, it is a, it's a very well collected community. And, um, and, and I would also, uh, to, to chime in on the, you know, how do you, how do you get to like dead zone and stuff to, to build that community, catch people's eyes? Dead Zone, I think, is is kind of uh, positioned in a very special way where the terrain that you use in that game really catches the eye. Um, it's you know, you're not playing on a big flat surface uh, where you have like trees and and maybe like a building. It's the you know you get that thing going three or four high, and people will see it. It's a stunning spectacle. Yeah, it, yeah, they'll see it across the room and go. I need to know what that is. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I just, I just think there's, um, and the, the other one I wanted to, to chime in on, which is, which is kind of a newer resource. That's, that's, I think going to become a much more uh, involved one is the companion app actually, where they have uh, where events are listed uh, for Kings of War, Dead Zone, Firefight, and yep. uh, I, I imagine Armada is going to be added to that list uh, as soon as that module's uh, built out. But you know, you can see a list of all the events that have been going on uh, in a given area. It's something that is is growing, uh, you know, because it it does require like the the pathfinders, those, those of us organizing yeah. it. Yeah, 
low care and feeding. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think that is going to be a great resource going forward where people can really, you know, even just, even just the, the gaming audience can really go on there and see, Oh, well, like, like you're saying, New York just had a huge event in the middle of, uh, was, was the dead of winter. Is it January or February? Yeah. January. Yeah. Sort of by Rochester, but not, not really. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, I, I think, um, there's, there's just a, a wide collection of, of resources out there and just, you know, kind of putting yourself out, out there making that post as I'm in this area, you know, is anyone else looking for, for games? And, you know, I'm the person to, to talk to. I'll follow up a little bit. I think a couple other things, you know, number one, you just gave me a good idea, Brian. We need to have Elliot add like a directory of pathfinders to the companion app. That would be cool. Okay. I'm here. Here's a map. This is the closest pathfinder to me. We were talking about, you know, Kings of War. It's a, pretty robust community but maybe some Mm. of the smaller games aren't don't have that same level i think it's important there are communities for those other games and so for example if you're talking armada we'll go to the armada fanatics page and we'll put links in the show notes to all this stuff unfortunately if you don't like facebook it's problematic because most of our discussions are very hard for mantic games are on facebook Kings of War Fanatics is the, is a large repository of about 12,000 people that talk about Kings of War. There's an Armada Fanatics. Dead Zone has a page. Firefight has a page. I think every one of our games has a Fanatic page. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to be a good indicator of what's going on in those communities. Armada is exploding. Firefight, it's huge. Firefight just got Game of the Year. Exactly, by Tabletop Insider. The, the old Beast of War collection of guys. And I'll say this, it's probably going to, people are going to go, boo. Dead Zone's their best game. From a rules perspective, it's their best game. I would agree with that, too. And they got the rep. <laughs> it is by far the cleanest and most easy to get into. It's so much eye candy. Dead Zone for life. I am a Kings of War guy. I got to rip that. I mean, Kings of War is amazing. But I understand that, that that comes with barrier to entry of a lot more models. The table's bigger. I think Ambush is going to help that. Oh, uh, for sure. Ambush is, is definitely helping that. Ambush is a good equalizer for that, yeah. Ambush is going to be the dead zone for Kings of War. I hope so. We tried, we tried Vanguard, and Vanguard has its own collection of people that that enjoy that real crunchy game. Yeah, it's, it's and and it's still skirmish. Where Ambush is not really skirmish in a sense. It's still a rank and flank, but it's just very small scale. The next path I want to take us down is, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. Like we got some pathfinders that are like. Uh, very specialized and they only do dead zone. Like you, you talk golden, how you kind of handle the sci-fi stuff and you let it to, you leave it to uh fellow author, right. To Mike Rossi, <laughs> Ben Stoddard. Not yet. I just hope, I hope I live long enough to <laughs> read it. Please. You and me both buddy. <laughs> <laughs> There's an opportunity for pathfinders to specialize in specific games that maybe are of interest to them. I mean, Brian, you know, I think you are heavily into this sci-fi stuff, right? And obviously, golden, same thing. But yeah, you know, what are some of the advantages you see by hey, if you want to be a pathfinder, but you don't, you know, you like a very specific focus, that's okay. But what are some of the advantages of dialing in? Well, I, I think uh, to to chime into that, like uh, you know, on the one hand, like uh, specializing, I think one of the big advantages of it is you can very easily, you know, tune in to your excitement for a game. Uh, you know, if you love the game, it's going to show and you don't have to do much work for that. Um, uh, you know, it, it's always fun watching like like Rick Hall 
when he like geeks out about dead zone or something like that. Like, uh, you know, I'll be at running a tournament and he'll hear about somebody who's like, I'm interested in dead zone and I'll just, I'll lose him. He'll, he'll just go off and he'll convert, uh, <laughs> you know, another five people to play the game. Um, so, so like when, when you like really like a game, uh, from the, from the Mantic line in particular, like, you know, that, that excitement is contagious. You know, I, I would also say like one fun thing that's, uh, that I've enjoyed is I, I do, uh, kind of go across a lot of the, the games I've, I've had experiences playing, you know, Armada, Kings of War, Hellboy, Dead Zone, Dreadball, uh, Firefight, you know, I, I've, really kind of uh, played across the game. I think Dungeon Saga might be the only one uh, that I haven't done as much, but I imagine that's going to change when their new stuff comes out. Well, you play Star uh, Saga, though, so it's... I played Star Saga. But, like, the, you know, the one benefit of that is you really do get a feel for, like, the the kind of clarity and, and uh, elegance of the Mantic rule sets that they put together. Like, you can really, uh, you know, have an idea then when you're you're demoing to a player and they're like, you know, I'm not really feeling, uh, you know, uh, the the sci-fi skirmish. I really like, you know, rank and flank. Well, then you can tell them, hey, you know, Kings of War is a great rule set for that kind of purpose. You'll love it. It's it's from the same same folks. They they really have a great uh, game at their hands. And and you know, vice versa. It's like, man, uh, you know, I I like you know, sports games, but they're always so slow. Hey, Dreadball. It's it's a quick, fast, uh, in-your-face sci-fi game, and it, it's all set within this universe, and you can start geeking out about that. So, like, being able to kind of have your toes, toes or fingers, you know, in each one of the games uh, definitely gives you that ability to make those recommendations to folks about what might best fit for them golden you want to jump in here same same topic you know this i'm going home now no i'm just kidding <laughs> no actually a pl- big plus one to everything you just said especially and kind of magnifying a little bit what you said when you're demoing one like the game you really like and they're like this is kind of fun but i really like this kind of game the other cool thing about mantic games is that they have several rules types or mechanics that they like to rearrange and now it's a different game and and it's always a very creative way of doing it. so like you'll get somebody who's like playing star saga like well i kind of like this but it feels too claustrophobic i don't like how everything's in narrow as hallways like well okay well then let's play hellboy because guess what hellboy has a lot of the same mechanics as star saga so i don't have to teach you everything all over again and here's a game that's more expansive bigger rooms kind of give you more of that feel that you're looking for and i think that's another way of having your finger on the pulse of all these other games helps is like if you know the rules enough you know you don't have to fleece them and make them think that you like the game you just have to know about the game right right and then you can and you can be honest with them, saying, "Well, here's another game. I don't really play it that much, but I know this about it. So why don't we try this?" And then you have enough working knowledge that you can play it with them, and 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 give them a demo. If you can't give them a demo in it, then that's I'd say that's where you're, you're you need to work on something. And this is something that Pat's been working on me because Pat's. <laughs> I, I'll tell Pat, "Hey, Pat, man, I I can't fit any more any more game." rules in my head i'm done he's like okay 
here's Armada. I'm like, you son of a... <laughs> and right. of course, I play Armada, and I love Armada. Um, and that's the other danger of playing Mantic games, is you find out that you love more of them. Uh, but, <laughs> but getting a good, healthy knowledge of each game system allows you to represent it. You don't have to... Be, it doesn't have to be your baby, like you were saying, but if you need to at least have that ability to describe it and share it with somebody so they can know exactly how it works, or you can at least run a demo with them. And, and I, I think too, uh, you know, a, a big part of that is with all these rule sets, like they're really easy to pick up. Like it, to, to your point, you don't have to be, you know, a master, you know, playing at that, that top competitive level of like Kings of war to say, right. Hey, Kings of War is a really fun game. It's really easy to to roll dice and and here's all the stats and and they're just straight numbers and this is how modifiers work. Right. Uh, and and like uh, you know the the core of it is is really easy. And then you can then you can really go and then to get better, you know, this is what you really have to pay attention to. Uh, so, so being able to kind of have those different pools of, of game rules, you know, might sound daunting, but I know, I know for just going back to like a game that I haven't touched, uh, you know, to do a demo or something, a game that I haven't touched in like months, I'll just take a quick look at the rules and it's like, oh yeah, this is how it works. And I'll, I'll be right back into, to knowing, uh, you know, how to, how to, you know, field rules questions or, right. or do things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, maybe, maybe the next thing we probably want to jump into is let's start sharing some tips for being a Pathfinder. You know, you guys mm-hmm. mentioned one thing that's really important is passion. If you're not passionate about the game, it's gonna it's 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 gonna show. One hundred percent. You know, if you're not authentic, it's gonna it's gonna fall flat, right? Right. Yeah, and that and that for me is probably why I don't do as much on the sci-fi front because I'm I'm a fancy nut job. Like I give me some Armada, Vanguard, Armada, you know, um, Ambush, Kings of War. You know, I, I like the, the sci-fi stuff, but I don't love it like I do this stuff. And, it's, and Brian's my is my alter ego, right? Like he's my <laughs> other wonder twin, right? He's the exact opposite. Huh. You know, he's like, all right, I'll play, I'll play fantasy with you, Rob. I got these L's I've been painting for ten years, but I'll get them done eventually. Eventually, but <laughs> but my jam is Dead Zone, right? <laughs> and I'll get those guys done eventually. <laughs> I, I, what I'm trying to say is, I paint very slow, right? <laughs> It's quality though, not quantity, right? And I don't paint that well either. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna just kind of open it up, Pat. Whoever wants to start, you know, what are some tips to, to being a great pathfinder? Because I even here's the thing: even if you didn't want to be a pathfinder because you don't have the time, or for whatever reason you 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 can't be a pathfinder, those are saying the same tips. A lot of these are gonna be the same tips that you would like building your local community. All right, I think the number one attribute to being a pathfinder is you have to be personable. You have to be able to walk up to a stranger or let a stranger walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to play this game You want to try, or do you want to try this game out? Are you interested? And you have to be able to have a conversation and you have to, you have to be able to engage with that person so they can feel like, like you said, they can feel your passion for the game. Uh, you can't, you can't give a, a, a good demo with just yes or no, or you can't do a demo where you're doing all the actions and you're just explaining it to them. You have to give them a whole experience. You have to give them a, a, a personal experience. 
you say, all right, grab those dice, roll them. That's, let's see if you hit. You know, all right, you got me five times, so here, you do five rooms. I'm going to take the, this, this model off. All right, I shot you four times. Roll those dice now. You need sevens. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You got it, you got it. You know, you got to get them pumped as they give the demo so they like it. So I think being very, very personable is the number one attribute to being a good Pathfinder. You know, it's the same reason why they give out samples in a grocery store, right? As soon as you, like, have it in your hand, you you have, like, an ownership mentality about it. It's like, this is, right. I'm part of this now. Uh, so, yeah, that, that I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I, I would also say, like, just being uh, a positive energy, uh, I think, is, is a big thing uh, as well. You know, there's there are so many different game systems out there. And not everybody has a great time with everyone. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, some might come at, uh, at you as like with that kind of negative attitude. like, you hate, you hate my game. Uh, that's why you're trying to make me, you know, play something else. Or, or you know, you don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, this game is way better than that one over there because that one's lame, right? You want to be like, this game is so much fun to play. And if you like that game, awesome. This one is a great compliment or a great addition. You know, you, you just kind of build off of that energy as opposed to feeding into it. Yeah. I think that's, that's a whole lot. Like, uh, I have a story. Uh, one Gen Con, there was a guy named Chris used to work for Mantic, uh, many, many, many years ago. He came out for Gen Con and he had kickstarted a game and that game, manufacturer was at Gen Con. So he went there to get a demo. He got a demo. He came back and says the demo was so horrible. The people were so rude that he canceled his Kickstarter. Yeah, that goes a long way. I mean, you, you are representing your game. You're representing the company. You represent, you have to, you have to make the people in a sense, love what they're, what they're, what's in front of them. One of the themes that you hit on there though, is positivity right like it gets you we've, we've had this discussion mike on a, a bunch of these community building episodes right like being negative is not going to get you anywhere uh i mean because the reality is that there's a game for everybody and everybody for a game and if they like the game they love yeah. you know, the, like the game that they're playing wonderful i'm very happy for you we're just going to show you if you want this other game if you like it cool no harm no foul if you don't though exactly you know yeah i, I just yeah. appreciate you taking the time to to sit down for a demo and, 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 you know, me giving you an opportunity. If you're positive and they come away, not angry or upset, but it's just not for them. That's not a loss. That's just not, it's just not for them. Totally true. Yeah. Right. And to be honest, the game speaks for itself. We've all we talked about is the fact that the games are elegant. They're easy to pick up. They are engaging when you play them. Um, I remember when we came over from Warhammer Fantasy to Kings of War, there was a certain subset of players who were like, this is too simple. I'm not going to play it. And man, they only played it twice because after about the third time, I was like, I know what I'm doing. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Like if there's a there's a strategic element that all of a sudden goes beyond. I made the most broken list. Yeah. Don't get it. Right. And that is one of the things that makes these games fantastic. Right. And so to your point, I mean, as long as. There's a lot to be positive about, you know, the games are great. The games are just well-designed, you know, mm -hmm. it's good stuff. I've, I've said it in other uh, podcasts, I think like one of the, the core pieces, like at, at the heart of each of the Mansic games is like the, the main strategy point, the main tactics 
always comes down to positioning and the, like the movement is, is the part where you will, you'll learn and you'll get better. Everything else is so straightforward and, and and easy to pick up and remember so that you can just focus on, okay, if I, if I pivot this way and move like this, I can get that flank charge Mm -hmm. without opening up my, my own flank or, or, you know, in dead zone is like, okay, my guy, I have a good line of sight here. I've got this lane covered, but I am protected from, you know, this, this other position. So like, or, or dread ball, you know, that's, that's all about, you know, moving on, on hexes and making sure you've, you've got, uh, you know, your guys in position, like it's, it's at the heart of each of these games. And it's, it's such a simple, but compelling uh, mechanic that, that lends itself to, that expertise that you'll develop over time. And that'll be the part that you get really good at, right? Because you never really get better at rolling dice. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, right? <laughs> you might get better dice. <laughs> you said it in a different way, but I mean, what we're, I think what we're trying to say here, or what you're trying to say is Mantic games in general is the list building, the, the stuff off the table. It plays a plays a role, but it doesn't typically decide the winner. It doesn't doesn't play as significant a role of the winner or the loser as it may in other game systems. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? Like, look, if you like those gotcha games where it's about list building against the meta, and I show up and you're you you know you're building specifically to catch people out. That's if that's the game system that you enjoy, and that's and that's the community or then good on you you won't find that typically in, in, you know i don't think you'll find that in, in in any of the mantic games i mean um you know I mean, mike you could speak to that i mean it's not really it's not really a mantic thing no i the big i mean the closest thing in kings of war that could be called a gotcha is surge if you've never played against it before in a course group but you get that done to you once and you go oh i see all right well i'll just turn like this and i'll stop it <laughs> And, and and really like how this how this all relates to like the, the community and the Pathfinder aspect is, you know, it, it again to reiterate, it's like it makes teaching these games very easy uh, and, and straightforward. You can do these demos very succinctly and quickly by, you know, uh, you know, with Dead Zone and, and a lot of times and even like Kings of War demos, I'll have guys kind of already in position. Right. I'll kind of do that extra strategizing for the player so that they can get to the okay now I now I roll the dice and I, I get the successes I need all oh, right I'm 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 winning I'm I'm having a good time uh, and now I can now now I can do the counter moves to really kind of you know get the get the foot in the door on that front um, but yeah it's just one thing I absolutely love about the Mantic game line is is that that core ethos of movement and positioning is yeah is the the thing to get really good at. And I'm not good at it. <laughs> Let's cue Mike's story because Mike, you got a story where you taught some guys the game who fundamentally understood wargaming and general tr- tactics about movement and positioning. And it turns out they're pretty good at the game. Yeah, right. So I I mean, I, there's two stories that come to mind. I think you set me up for one of them, right? But I, I had mentioned earlier in, 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 in the podcast, we have, uh, you know, we... We did a demo um, up at uh, one of the local gaming conventions for Kings of War, right? We had like uh, eight people there. 
And this was just, this was in Pathfinder. So it was just, you know, my gaming club. We ended up running the game for them. And these are some Warhammer refugees and some other people that, that were just, you know, fantasy curious. So we get done with the, we get done with the game. A lot of guys are like, wow, this game is so cool. It's so simple. It's, I love it. I'm going to go home and brush off my minis. And, you know, where can I get these lizard, you know, the, the new salamanders. Anyway, we go the following year, last year, to the same game convention. And one of the guys that we had done a demo for is now a Pathfinder up in Vermont. Nice. Right? Like that is... <laughs> You know, he, he, he was a convert to the point where he goes, I love this and I got to get everybody else on board with what this is too, right? Like that is, that is, that speaks once again, it speaks to the power of the game. You know, that is, that is some strong stuff, you know? So it, it's, and it was nice seeing him. He was there, he was running, uh, he was running Firefight. And I said, well, I need to I sit down with you. Show me Firefight. This is really cool. This 3D terrain totally rules. And how does this work? And yeah, it's great. Before we move on, is there any other tips? I mean, we, we've, we've shared a few important ones is anything else anybody can think of that um that you could leverage as a pathfinder or as a building a community well one thing i would say is don't be afraid to try something different um it may not work but you know like for example we just had valentine's day right and valentine's is known for war gaming everyone knows right right right? so of course at my local game shop I said, all right, I'm going to run um, couples retreat of infamy. So basically couples sign up as teams to play league of infamy. Nobody signed up, (laughs) but, but it was, but it was an attempt and, and St. Patrick's day is coming up and I live in a town where nobody drinks. So it's just a day to get together and have fun. So I'm going to try something different, but on St. Patrick's day, with a different Manta game, I'll probably do Hellboy for that because Hellboy is more outgoing and crazy. And and it's just taking these things that people are already used to and trying to use them as an angle to get them into trying the games. So <clears throat> your area is gonna is always going to be different. And I don't say you have to work off of a holiday, but always be open for a different way of presenting the game. You don't have to change the game, just how you're going to present the game and, and there you go. Like Mantic is great at supporting things like that. Like at the beginning of the summer, they did the, um, the big five week long, uh, dead zone campaign, uh, global dead zone campaign. So I put posters up for that. I said, Hey, I'm going to have armies here. You can come and try out. And, and guess what? You get the shape of world. You know, I, that was the hook. You get the shape of world because when this is done, the 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 fluff is going to be changed forever period what you do is going to have an effect that's a hook that's a different angle and that's supplied by mantic so you in your area come up with something that works for your area it doesn't just have to be a table with a trifold with a come play my demo thing and the game out have fun with it try try different things that would be my one big tip yeah and, and i'm going to expand on that which is read the room right like Take the time to understand the people that are in your community that you're trying to build around. Because to your point, you need to look, if you want, you got to cater to the people that are there, right? That's what you start with is the people, the engaged players that are showing up for these things. And, you know, Mike and I talk about this all the time. If you're running a tournament, you got to put butts in the seats and you do that by putting on the event that they want to attend. Same thing with a demo or building a community. You you build the community that they want to be part of. And, you know, it all harkens back to being positive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. And and that's, you know, creating creating those those types of 
uh, uh, you know, different types of games uh, off that, that set, that's going to, you're going to be remembered, right? You're going to remember, it's like, oh, you were the one that did the couples thing or, or the, you know, the <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, one, or I just like, as you were talking about, it, I had it pop in my head. It's like, what if you played Ambush where you have like Trident Realms and like the, the token you're playing with is a beach ball and like you're... you're <laughs> That's some outside the box thinking. Yeah. 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 Having a beach party. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Next yeah. up, you're going to put live crabs down on the table. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who knows? Whatever works. The biggest game, the biggest participation game, I think that, that, that I remember most fondly here in Memphis is we did like a, a large, like two pl- big five on five battle. And we set up this ginormous table, which is awesome. But I made them blind deploy. So I had these giant cardboard dividers in between the game. Yeah. And, and stuff. So I'm like, yes. okay, guys, I can't tell you where anybody's at. Those are the five armies. You look at them. Those are going to be on the other side of the table. You have no idea where they're going to be. <laughs> right? Right. That's amazing. It's a simple thing, right? Like a blind deployment. And full disclosure, I stole it from Buckeye Battles. And it's fun, dude. You show up and go, oh, crap. I got two armies against me, not just one. <laughs> But that's the kind of stuff people remember. Well, you know, we, we gave a lot of tips for being a pathfinder and building community. But like one of the things that always concerns me, too, is burning out. Whatever you're doing in life, if you, you know, if you don't keep it in moderation, it, it, sometimes you can you can burn out. And so I know, Brian, you burn the wick at both ends of the candle. How do you keep for burning out? You know, it, it's uh, I won't lie, like doing a rotation of the games actually uh, helps a lot. Uh, for me, you know, I, I like, I love playing Dead Zone. I love playing Dreadball. Uh, I really enjoy Kings of War. I think Ambush is going to be my new jam just because I don't have to have as many guys on the field right. uh, painted up. But like being able to to do that and, and ba- basically just kind of have, uh, you know, downtime in between events as well. Um, I know I've been playing it a whole lot uh, in this upcoming year, but just kind of spacing them out a little to, to give not only yourself uh, time to breathe, but then also your players just time to, you know, get together as like a casual thing and game, I think is, uh, is a big, a big thing. And, and not, not to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like you don't have to be running tournaments and, and big events all the time. Right. Uh, it can right. really just be like, okay, I'm just going to get together with two, three guys. Uh, and we're, we're just going to game uh, everyone else. You know, you're welcome. You're invited. Uh, it's just otherwise going to be a couple of guys uh, gaming. But uh, that's, that's, I think, the big thing for me is, is a little bit of moderation, rota- crop rotation. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's a farmer. Uh, so, um, you know, changing it up a little it helps keep things fresh. And, and, uh, you know, doesn't, I don't go down like a rule set and I'm like, okay, I need to, need to get the, be the best at this. I can, I can be okay. <laughs> right. At a lot of these different games. Right. So that, that's, that's kind of the thing for me. I, I guess we'll, we'll find out how well it works, um, at the, the last day of Adepticon, <laughs> if I'm still standing. Um, that is the stress nest. Any bells have any tips for uh, avoiding burnout? Well, I, I would like to add that Mantic itself has built in kind of restrictors on things like this. You know, some companies 
Like they, they say, okay, you're going to represent us. That means we, you need to do X number of demos a month. You need to do this. You need to do this. Mantic, when I signed up, I had to do one demo a year, but I wasn't going to get points for any demos I did closer than three months together. So basically, they were going to give me points for doing four demos a year. Anything else, they weren't going to give me any points. And at first I was like, oh, that's kind of shoddy. But then I realized, no, they're, they're, they don't want me people to think, oh, wow, I really can go out and just do a demo every weekend for three months straight, get all this money from them for free stuff. And then they have a worthless Pathfinder because he's in the insane asylum because he can't do anything <laughs> than roll D6s to see if he's going to eat his lunch or not. Um, Mantic wants you to pace I'll yourself. <laughs> I, <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> Mantic wants you to pace yourself. Yes, they want you to be out there. They want you to be part of the community, but they don't want you to like sacrifice yourself in, in the name of promoting their game. And I, I keep that in my mind a lot. Yes, there are times like when you're running a uh, demo, yeah, you're going full speed. If you're running a tournament, yeah, you're going full speed. But when you're out of that, you're, you're supposed to be having fun yourself. And when you're having fun, you're sharing the games. And that's a natural way of doing a demo. So I, I try to keep that frame of mind and not let myself get too wound up. I will add, I am also somewhat of a break. Uh, if I see someone who's going full tilt... You know, blam, blam, blam. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, all right. But I think maybe you should slow down a little bit because I don't want you to burn out. Uh, I know it seems a lot of these guys that come out of the gate, it's all spit and vinegar. Uh, but they, they forget how these things can be tiring. I mean, working a con is very exhausting. And people don't realize how exhausting Adopticon is when you're there working. When you're there working, when you're there playing the game and having fun, it's great. Uh, but when you're uh, when, when you're uh, on ten for eight, ten hours a day, uh, it's 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 pretty mentally taxing, and I understand that from being an old outrider. And so when I talk to these new pathfinders, and I can hear their enthusiasm, I also temper it by saying, "All right, I, I love your enthusiasm, but I also want you to pace yourself. You don't have to do a demo every weekend." As a matter of fact, I prefer if you didn't do a demo every weekend. You know, once a month is plenty. Uh, mm -hmm. And and yep. it, for your sanity, not necessarily for uh, for our benefit. I'm more worried about you. It's it's it's. I always say it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Hey Pat, do you remember the first time you had me come out the Gen Con? I'm like, hey, let's do a Blood Bowl League at, in every evening for all us guys running the con. And everybody's like. Uh, no. <laughs> you can bring your team, but yeah. we're not bringing our <laughs> team. <laughs> when it when 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 the hall closes, it's pretty. We're all pretty much mentally yeah. shut down. <laughs> I learned. <Right>. I learned. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we, we definitely want to tap into before we get out of here is, you know, how can the local Pathfinder, you know, support your local, you know, people that are out there trying to build a local community, so. You know, and maybe let's let's start with maybe the re helping develop those relationships with those stakeholders, and maybe let's start with uh, maybe the easiest one to talk about is is the stores. How how can Pathfinders help local communities? You know, have those relationships with the store, 
And I know Brian, you have a great relationship with. Well, I know Rick and you got with Evolution Games, but then RIW in Livonia, is that right? Yeah, so RIW in Livonia, and I would also throw out uh, Upkeep Games in Howell, Michigan. You get around uh, a lot, man. You're just I, yeah, all over we, the place. Not traveling, <laughs> but uh, like up, Upkeep Games has been great. Uh, they've been open for us to to run a number of events uh, at their venue, which has always been excellent. That's that's where my uh, the firefight event coming up. Uh, at the end of February is going to be at, uh, and then RIW is is a local store for me where you know I'm I'm six minutes away from it. Uh, it's just kind of up the street, and um, and I've been been in good communication with them about uh, you know when when's a good time to run demos. Uh, they have Mantic product. They actually had it before I ever arrived at the scene, uh, so I'm like okay, let me uh, you know I'm I'm interested in getting gamers. Uh, into these games here because I know they can pick up the game right away. Um, it's not something they have to, to wait on. So I've been kind of trying to work with them uh, on, on building that community and uh, working around. I know they, they have, um, they're still kind of managing uh, the, the play space that they have now is, is newer. And so they're still kind of figuring out, okay, how many people can we comfortably have in this space at any given time? What do we want for open play hours? Um, and they, they also have a huge board game uh, collection. So like, and magic the gathering and everything. So I think just being in communication with the store owners uh, goes a long way and, and just reaching out to them and, and being that, Hey, you know, I'd love to run an event here. Uh, this is, you know, what, what I can kind of bring to the table, uh, what what can I do kind of for you uh, to kind of help facilitate that and make it the best experience for your community? Anybody else want to chime in? I would say know the resources you have available to you that you can share. Like as Pathfinders, we have Pat. If you have any question, you can go to Pat and he's going to have the answer or he's going to know where to get the answer and he's going to help you out. But store owners have Kyle. And Kyle's the, the Mantic sales rep for North America and that these regions. And he's going to be the one who's going to be able to answer all their questions. So if you're working with the store owner, I would recommend you get them hooked up with Kyle because Kyle in, in himself is a power um, and is really good at dealing with store owners and helping them out. Um, yeah, Kyle, Kyle is a key player. So you don't ever want to forget about him when you're dealing with stores. Awesome. Fun guy too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and a fun name. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, maybe you could touch on this. You'll you know, we talked a little bit about gaming clubs. Right. Or existing communities. How can Pathfinders help in those areas? Yeah. I mean, it's it, that's an excellent question, right? So in in terms of like what you guys could offer, um, there are game clubs all over the place, right? And they may not may or may not be tied to local stores. Right. I know, for, for example, in Albany, we had three stores uh, in the area, but all of a sudden, all of them decided not to have gaming space for one reason or another. Right. Mm. So we went from being having a, a communal place to hang out to being a game club without a real home for a while. Right. Until recently. And so at that point, you have this community out there, but they're not tied to a store. What advice would you give or how would you, you know, go out and find these people, right? It's, it's similar to what the other, you know, similar to I play Kings of War in Albany, who's the guy, right? But this is a little different, you know, like what sort of things can a Pathfinder do for a local game club? 
right? That's already established. We meet every once in a while. We play a game. If a game club was to reach out to me and ask about that, one of my things would be to get with the Pathfinder in the area, have them introduce. Sure. And then, you know, I would say maybe uh, talk about if there's no game space. Are you talking about trying to find a game space or just in general? Whether there is or not, right? So what? So I'm, I'm. Let's say I'm the head of a game club, and I go, I, I'm going to go find my local Pathfinder. One, how do I find my local Pathfinder? Most people contact me through me. Uh, usually, they'll email through customer service, uh, and then customer service forwards the email to me. So then I would have to know that Mantic Games exists, and they, you know what I mean? Like, there's this weird, like, I have to know before I know thing. You know what I mean? On the website, it does, it does list that the, there's some contacts for right. Pathfinder program. So they got one for Johnny, the Pathfinders at manticgames.com. And then obviously Pat's is pat.lewis at manticgames.com. But you're right, Mike. It, it's, a, it's a challenge, right? You don't know if you don't know. And kind of vice versa too, where, where you know, uh, knowing, knowing that we've got these game clubs uh, in our area is also something that, you know, from a, from a Pathfinder standpoint, we want to get in touch with them. Right. How do we find them? Right. Uh, so, in the perfect world, we're both looking for each other, and somehow we'll we'll, we'll find a way. Running across the field of flowers to give each other a hug. Yeah, exactly. In the bigger scope of things, we have, and this is only just recently, uh, we have been making more of an announcement of Pathfinders being available for help. Cool. Those are those have been coming out in blogs. The UK has done another uh, announcement drive for them uh, to try and get their numbers up. There's a there's like a small disconnect again, like we said, because it's a an inherited community in itself. Uh, but once once the connection is there, I mean, it's 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 just all about getting the right people connected and getting things together. You know, maybe the Pathfinder can organize a a game day at like a, a local Elks Lodge or something. You know, maybe everyone takes a small collection to pay for the space. Sure, I've done that before for another Pathfinder who said, you know, we have, there's a, a small community here, but we have nowhere to play. I said, well, you know, talk to the guys, you know, find a relatively cheap place to play. You know, there's always, you know, I said libraries are a very good place to find space, Elks Lodge or whatever, VA, VA clubs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's plenty of options and, I, you know, uh, and part of my job is to give those resources to my Pathfinders. So, when they reach out to me, I can say, "Listen, you can try this, this, and this. If that, none of that works, come back to me, and then we'll we'll figure something else out." One thing that that I've done in the past, haven't done it as much uh, recently, but like uh, we have the Michigan Mantic community was was kind of the the little group that uh, Rick and I started up, and at at one point we made business cards that just had our contact information on it. Oh, that's cool. So we could we could leave them as either like a little stack or something at those uh, local game stores and things like that. It's, it's kind of the looking for group yeah. kind of, you know, mentality, right? That's a very good idea. If spring you can get a whole set from Vistaprint mm-hmm. for fairly nice, like a dollar. Yeah. Vistaprint's uh, got, got a pretty, usually a pretty good deal on that kind of stuff. Uh, like on that, we included a link to the, our little Facebook group, uh, Rick and mine email accounts uh, that, you know, for those people that don't like Facebook, you know, cause they're out there. Uh, you know, just those ways to uh, try and trying to put yourself uh, out into those spaces. And, and like like Pat was saying, I think really being able to, uh, you know, once you've you found that community. Right. Uh, you know, hel- helping them, uh, uh, you know, either either like find space uh, to, to play or, or some way for their group to grow. 
uh, as, as long as they're open to it, because presumably they are. Well, yeah, um, obviously, if they're reaching out to you, if you find them, it's right. You'll know right away when you meet them. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, whether whether or not it's just kind of a tight group of friends that like to play, or if they're like, "Hey, we're we are a, a club. We are always looking for new members and uh, and great games to play." So, right. um, yeah, I, I think um, and, and I think your suggestion was it Rob's suggestion earlier. Like, if uh, maybe the companion app eventually gets like a, a list, find your Pathfinder. Click here. Yeah, find your Pathfinder. I think would be a, a really fun, uh, a simple way for for those folks that are like, okay, want to try Mantic games out? Who's near me? Right. Um, and how can I how can I reach out to them? Yeah, take take your business cards that you make, put them on the cork board at the game store, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm here. Right. This is a thing. For a lot of my events, uh, I've been a little bit better about it lately, but uh, I actually have made like posters. Uh, to that, you know, have Mantic art on it and, and the logo and everything. I custom make all these uh, in Photoshop and whatnot, but I have like blank versions as well. Um, but like being able to, like you said, all these game stores have like cork boards and even, you know, I don't know how much play you get like at, at community center and, and whatnot, but, you know, places that you can publicly post uh, those kinds of things is like, hey, this is a, this is, there's a game group, um, you know, looking for players and, and this is how to reach out to them. So the other thing I'm curious about is that we've been talking all night about demoing games, being positive, but one, one thing of the, of our community that we really haven't touched on is how do you influence the hobby? How do you get people to paint, mo- you know, how do you show people to paint models? I mean, is there any of that kind of involvement, Brian? Mm. I haven't done as much of that uh, lately as as we've talked about earlier. I'm quite the slow painter myself, but uh, I know one one kind of thing we've talked about doing in our uh, game game group is you know facilitating events like a a painting class because we we do have some very talented uh, miniature painters in our in our group in our membership. And so, uh, you know, we were talks at one point to like have them teach a little class, right? We come in one night, we all kind of have, uh, you know, a little bit of model that we want to paint, whether it's one or five or whatever. And like, you know, have, have that little kind of sit down. Okay. I'm going to teach you how to do right. this, you know, we're going to, we're going to learn about dry brushing tonight. Um, you know, ways to ways to kind of help people, uh, grow into that that uh community there this isn't uh directly tied in but like one of the 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 folks that we work with that that we have connections to also named rick uh is doing like a paint and take kind of event uh for for a lot of these big tournaments and stuff which honestly would be a really solid thing for like a mantic uh, uh driven one where where we could have you know Either either dead zone minis or kings of war minis, vanguard minis, and it's like okay, you know, you come in, you you grab one, you get to paint it for an hour, uh, or or what have you, and then you know, oh, you can maybe get a, a raffle to uh, get a, a ambush set of the of the thing or something like that. You know, hey, this is this guy that you you had fun painting this this crazy night stalker. Uh, abomination thing yeah it's part of this game it's super cool it's it's a way to do not only the uh you know the hobby components but also 
you know, kind of encourage them to to pick up the game. I'm stealing that idea from from Rick Tuck. <laughs> We've done that in the past at Gen Con. Uh, I sent them uh, quite a few models to because Gen Con runs maybe about six or seven speed painting events over the four days, and then different companies send them models, and it's speed painting speed uh, speed painting competition sponsored by. Blah, blah, blah. To answer Rob's question, one of the things, too, uh, when I talk to some of the newer Pathfinders who are talking about building a community or talking about getting their models painted, I said, well, one of the cool things you can have start is a grow league. You set a, a, mm-hmm. you set 500 points or 250 points for King's War uh, for the month or a strike force, a 100-point strike force for Dead Zone, whatever it is you do. And then you guys just you meet maybe once a day, once a week at the shop, get together and and paint while you're making your grow league, and then at the end of that month you play your games. Uh, so that's one of the suggestions I like to talk about. Or even then, if uh, you're past that and you got everything painted, then even hold a hobby night, like uh, sure. just a hobby night. It doesn't even have to be a painting class. Just say, hey guys, let's all get together, paint some models. Uh, I, you know, I feel. Maybe if, you, if you, some of you feel like you're la- you're talking to your game group, you say, if some of you feel like lagging, you don't have enough time to paint, let's take the day off from gaming today and just meet at the hobby shop and paint. Uh, you can get a lot done. Is you'd be uh, you'd be amazed what you can get done when you're just sitting and chatting. One more point that I want you guys to pontificate about is you know I I see the Pathfinder as being a role model. It's it's a role model for the way we want people to behave and the way we want people to engage and play the game. And anybody's welcome to jump in here, but you know, how do you go about that? And is it a conscious thing on your part that you, when you realize like, oh, I'm at the the Michigan GT and I'm running these events, I am in the, in the spotlight. I got the Pharaoh sitting behind me. <laughs> Everybody's going to know this story after this, um, but I'm going to share it anyway. So, like I said at the beginning, I'm mainly sci-fi, but I try to branch out. So, Ben Stoddard did his Refugees of the Old War, Old World um, yearly tournament, and I decided to sign up with my ogres. And it's a two-day tournament. And the whole time I'm thinking, okay, I'm a Pathfinder. I'm playing, but I'm a Pathfinder. So, I got a, I got, I, I got standards, right? I got standards. So the first day I go in there all ready to go and I get so tabled it, it it I still feel the pain to this day. And and the next morning I remember this so keenly. The next morning I was like I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go back and have that happen to me three or four more times. But I was like I got to go because I got to represent. And so I got in the car and can't believe I'm telling you all this. I got in the car and I put on Taylor Swift's Shake It Off and blared <laughs> it all the way to the game shop and, and just sang along screaming at the top of my lungs all the way there to get myself so pumped up that whatever was thrown at me, whatever, whatever, whatever I had to get uh, just get dumped on me, I took. And I was smiling. I was happy. I was having a good time. And, and sometimes, sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point. Like, uh, you kind of have to be okay with losing. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. And, and I know, I know it worked for me because I lost a lot. Like, I, I played Dead Zone Second Edition Rebs 
for the longest time before they got an update and were actually like playable. But, um, and, and, you know, uh, just being able to, to kind of, you know, take that hit, walk it off. Uh, a lot of times the games are fun enough and engaging enough. You almost don't notice it. Um, like how I don't notice the clock uh, when playing Kings of War. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so, so, uh, you know, being able to to kind of uh, either either take the hit because you're playing a game that you're you're maybe not as good at, um, or uh, also uh, this, you know, some people that are very good, it's okay to take a dive every now and then for the enjoyment of you know another another players. Let let the Wookie win. Let the Wookie win. Yes. My little story would be. Uh, you know, I was playing it in a dead zone tournament. Yeah, I was I was playing it for for once rather than running it, and uh, you know, I was up against a, an opponent, and in the first round, like I I had really devastated his his force, and and he like I I, he, I saw that at the end of the round, he's like, man, you know, as as we say with one of one of my family members, oh, I'm gonna start counting my cards because uh, I'm obviously out. Right? I'm like, man, you st- stick with it because Dead Zone, is, it can be a Swinny game. It's a fickle mistress. Just got to roll eights, baby. Yep. Sure enough, like that game literally came down to the last dice roll. That's awesome. He wound up winning. That's even awesomer. I, I won't even, I won't even claim like I didn't, I didn't take a dive or anything. Uh, like I kind of suggested earlier, like it was just that close of a game by the end of it. Right. So, so. But if there is that opportunity and it could um, it could lead to more enjoyment for the person you're playing against, I'm always okay with, you know what, I'm just going to maybe not put my guy completely behind cover like I should. Maybe I'm always going to put my striders on the top of every tower so that it can see everything and everything can see it. Um, also, because it looks really cool up there. Uh, so, so that would be, um, you know, I, I think a factor, you know, don't have too much of an ego about being an expert at the game. Uh, it's great if you have that. I, and I don't want to belittle, you know, being very good at the game because you can then share that knowledge, right? You can, you can be that person that's, uh, like, like you were saying earlier, uh, Mike, where, where, those expert players that were paired up against new players were make, giving them suggestions on, yeah. hey, you know, you're about to take this move. I would suggest doing this because you can have this advantage. Right, right. absolutely. I think I think that's a, a great way of being that part of the community that you want to see reflected in your players. Absolutely, it's literally mentorship, and I, that's that's something you don't see all the time, and that's a great way to grow a community. I totally agree. It's funny because when I said be, you know, being a role model, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be a role model of the best Kings of War player in the world, right? Right. And I also think in my head, like, when when you were talking, Brian, I thought about, well, what if, like, a high school math teacher, they have so much ego that it, it would be hard for them to teach these people that don't know how to play. You don't know, how to play, you don't know algebra? Come on. Well, you know, <laughs> your job is to just get them to the next level, get them into the game, expose mm-hmm. them to what's great about it, and let them take their next steps. You know, I have one story. I was at an event one time where I was kind of being the ringer 
and it was a person I had never met before. And I made the assumption, and you know what they say about assumption, right? I'm like, oh, this guy obviously is new and doesn't know what he's doing, right? Just because I, I didn't know him. So obviously he's no good, right? Like, so I like felt like I was pulling back a little bit. I didn't need to pull back because this dude was thunder stomping my ass. Like he was pummeling me. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. What, what I would say is it is usually possible to read the room and, and get a, get a sense of where they're coming from. And most importantly, what are their expectations from the game? If they're just there to have a good time or they're just there to showcase their cool army, or if they want to be like a competitive player, you can cater your mm-hmm. demonstration in those veins. If you know it's a hobby person, then that's what you showcase. You say, hey, well, I'm going to teach you these rules, but let's be honest, this is just a vehicle to have some kick-butt-looking right. armies with diorama bases, and let me just show you some of these things. Or if it is more of the competitive bent, that's when you're going to go, look, I'm going to show you the game, but because I know you're interested in the more tactical depth of this game, I'm going to point out where you have opportunities for some decisions here that you might not see at first pass the rules. Hey, right. here's what withdraw and count, you know, and corkscrewing, you know, and those kind of things. So it goes back to reading the room, right? Understanding the audience. Guys, I learned a lot. You know, I'm going to be a better pathfinder tomorrow because I've listened, <laughs> listened to you guys. <laughs> well, that was the goal. We wanted to be a role model for other pathfinders. <laughs> well, and that's a good point, right? We have that Facebook page and Pat, and Johnny have been very diligent about, hey guys, here's the new newest Pathfinder. Yeah, that has been so so fun. Welcome to the team. It's a great way to meet people. And Mike, your guy Freddie, he's got posts on that Facebook Pathfinder yeah. group about, hey, let's share tips, let's share tactics. Where are you guys at? And that's the kind of you know that's the kind of engagement that that, that I'm excited about. Yeah, he's totally in. Well, we can learn from each other. I would like to announce that we are going to open some more spots for Armada. And we have six more spots left for King's War that need to be filled. Sounds good. And Pat, you can tell me how many more things I need to print (laughs) as far as islands and rocks and stuff. Well, we're going to open up. We'll see. uh, 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 We'll see how many spots we open up. I forget we talked about it and I I don't have it off the top of my head, but. No worries. No worries. uh, Armada's full. We're going to open up a bit more and hopefully we can uh, we can get that. Those spots filled up. Who wants to take us out? You've been listening to Counter Charge. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Counter Charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Counter Charge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.